0: Journey. Oh, listen to that lovely music, and that spells the start of season six, episode six of Whiskey Unscripted. And with the powers vested in me, I hit this button and say, Welcome to Mr. Gordon Dundas. Are you there? Uh, uh,
1: how are you doing? We've, we've been a bit of a gap. We've had a bit of a gap.
0: Yes, there's been there's been a gap in our um, recording, but people are catching up with it, and they um, are
1: yeah. absolutely.
0: And you've been away, Gordon.
1: I have been away, yeah, I've been away. I mean, do you want to hear about my holiday or do. do you want to hear about the whiskey? Uh, well, I think we all want on? to hear about the
0: whiskey. We, what What were you pouring? Where were you?
1: And I'll... I was lucky enough to be in Canada early in mid, mid-January, mid uh, which was, was over a month ago. Unbelievable. Um And um yeah, great. Great market. Alberta for us, very good market. Um, Really, really uh, good time in Calgary and then headed over to... Vancouver Island to one of the best whiskey festivals in the world actually I would say uh, the Victoria Whiskey Festival really nice whiskey festival um, really nice feel about it they look after you it's really good so that was great and then uh, yeah that was good so I, I've been away you've been busy as well you've been in Germany have you not
0: that's right yes again two great whiskey festivals you know them very well Gordon the finest spirits
1: yeah yeah. We're in Bavaria
0: and Munich which is mm-hmm. uh, back to its normal place in the calendar uh-huh. And that whiskey calendar, which you may have a talk about, because it's getting a very busy whiskey calendar. And then Absolutely. a week later, I was in the north of Germany in Hamburg at the Hansa Spirit Festival.
1: Ah, yes, is, I know that one as well. Which is a really nice whiskey festival.
0: Both these are, you know, the Hansa Spirits have been on for a couple of years. So it was, it was great to, to see that. Um, so we have been traveling, but we're back with episode six. And Gordon, before I even begin, so I've got a lot to get through today, including the brand new Whiskey Unscripted answering machine. <laughs> we've got a budget.
1: <laughs> we've got a budget, and we've got somebody leaving messages. Yes, Unbelievable. have. But Unbelievable. can I ask,
0: what are you drinking? And, oh, there's my... Uh, just yeah,
1: open. well, I mean, I, I've just gone for something that I've been getting a little bit of a taste for, uh, the new Glengoyne 15, just fabulous. Um, if you've not tried it, make sure you get a sample of it at a show or buy a bottle. Fabulous, fabulous whiskey. And actually... Um, Glengoyne has actually just promoted a, a, a an initiative that if you want to do some volunteer work, then you can actually get a bottle of the 15 year old. So, no, the new 15, Absolutely. nothing like the old 15, but beautiful. Uh, typically, Glengoyne, lovely sherry and bourbon casks.
0: That's exactly. It. I just think it's got that slightly more first fill sherry casks, which is a pleasant surprise
1: uh-huh. when it first
0: came out. I just feel it's a bit richer, a bit smoother, and a bit deeper than the other one, which was no,
1: I agree. Fabulous lovely. Jam. Yeah, very not very great dram. And actually, you know, what was interesting, I was speaking to somebody, you know, he was telling me, um, oh, Glengoyne's fabulous. I'd love it to be at 46. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, And I mean, you know, obviously a little bit more alcohol can 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 be a beneficial element in a whiskey, but actually, Glengoyne is so flavorsome, it's got such a flavoured spirit. We use such a wonderful cask that I don't think it, it affects it as much. And I think the 15-year-old is really, really lovely at 43%. Fantastic, drum.
0: I think it is. And we're getting a lot of that. There's lots of debates in the industry. I am not going to this one today, Gordon, but you're right enough. We've got a lot of people talking about 46 because oh. that's the chill filtration limit.
1: That's true. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for a lot of people, you know, um, that's quite strong, you know, and and so there's there's quite a lot of debate and quite a lot of things, but yeah, there's no. I mean, I love a cask strength whiskey. I did a tasting, and on Friday in Carlisle at House of Malt, what a wonderful shop that is. Um, the cask strength was probably the whiskey of the evening. Um, I mean, we did do the twenty five, which obviously. Is awfully fabulous and amazing. Awesome. But the cast strength, a lot of people were loving that because they loved the way that when you have a cast strength whiskey, you can drink it at cast strength or you can add a drop of water, see how it changes. Fabulous. So, yeah, Glengoyne's great at any strength, really. Well,
0: I'm going to have, and I'd like just to
1: what have you start got off there?
0: the debate, I've got i uh, I'm just going to pour it in here.
1: Oh, nice. An Isle of Skye. An Isle of Sky. Isle so you are drinking Sky. a blended whiskey.
0: I'm drinking a blend. And uh we're we'll going talk about the, the figures from the Scottish Whiskey Association that come out mm-hmm. shortly. Mm-hmm. The reason that I'm drinking this Isle of Sky, I would love to pay tribute to Mr. Peter Russell.
1: sadly mm, passed yes. away,
0: age 95. Yes. And he acquired, and I think just a small little we talk about the year that changed history, mm-hmm. whiskey history. I've done that in the past. Mm-hmm. A little bit of that for this part of the show. Yeah. In 1963, Peter Russell acquired Isle of Sky from Ian McLeod Distillers.
1: And at that point, that's when the company was called Ian Macleod. Is that not right? Correct. And so we had been the in the business family. for 30, 40, 30 years by then. Yes, yes.
0: So Peter Russell, his father started the company in 1936. And in 1963, they acquired the Ian McLeod Company in 1963. And they went from being brokers to becoming whiskey blenders with this wonderful blended whiskey Gordon, which is a part, I would imagine, Talisker, some Speyside whiskey in there mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think even some cheeky lowland whiskey makes it in there. Mm-hmm. A lovely blend of, mm-hmm. of, of some of the great malts from Scotland, some green whiskey, and it's been a perennial favourite, really. And that oh. you know, you could say the Ian McLeod story really kicks up and gets moving after 1963. Would that be fair? And just a word about Peter Russell.
1: Well, I mean, um, I mean, yeah, I would agree with that, and you know. I think what was really interesting was how that business from that point onwards became to what it is now. Um, You know, it transitioned through broking into blending into, you know, the deal that they did with Sainsbury's in the late 70s, early 80s to produce the whiskey for Sainsbury's to... Then buying a bottling plant uh, in conjunction with Glenfarclas, to then obviously the purchase of Glen Goyne, which was visionary. I mean, it, it it wasn't visionary, but what it was was a real step change for the business. So in terms of Ian Mcleod, it was visionary, um, understanding that you know owning your own distillery was really important for the longevity of the business. That was further enhanced by the purchase of the much bigger Do distillery, which, let's be honest, was 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 not ultimately for the production of single malt. Of course, that's a huge benefit and was a large part part of it, but it was for the element of that whiskey that could be produced to help us with our all of our other brands, such as, you know, our blends and and blended malts and trading and all that type of thing. Then you look at Rosebank, you look at the the purchase of the site at Rosebank, the the ability of Ian McLeod to do the deal with Rosebank. And all of that is all about the legacy of Peter Russell. You're that's not- what that it's all about. The, how this how this business is thought of within whiskey. And, and he was he was an absolute, I mean, I I can actually use the word icon because he is an icon of whiskey in the Whiskey Magazine Hall of Fame. And um, he really genuinely was quite an incredible man to know. Loved the gin and tonic as well. He did, he did.
0: And I did actually, Gordon, you used the word visionary. And that was used, that word was used in the obituaries that I was reading as well. Um, mm-hmm. a business visionary that uh, took it was quite a small business. It was a broken business. Just mm-hmm. explain broken mm-hmm. buying casks from one distillery, selling them to another distillery. Yeah.
1: Exactly. You know, back in the the, the sort of fifties, sixties, you know, etc., these big businesses that were making the blends of the day couldn't really be seen to be doing business with each other. And um, you know, so so brokers were used as they still are. Um and we still are in that business, and we still broke whiskey around around the around the um the industry. But um, it was uh it it was the fundamentals of where this business came from, and um we now look at the business with its, you know, cross gin, you know, three distilleries, pretty much Rosebank's not far off being completed. Look what's happening on Isla, uh, plus our other brands. It really has transformed, but but it has a diversity to it, which gives it strength. So it's a it's a it's a and and the the dynamic of working for a family run scottish whiskey business leonard has taken that on as well and uh yeah. it's fabulous and i thoroughly love working for ian mcleod and um uh, and you know to to mr peter thank you very much for uh setting this setting amazing. this business on where it is now
0: a really amazing and i was reading another obituary actually in the racing post hmm. and in the scottish sun which is one of if you're not familiar with it it's one of the UK and one of Scotland's leading tabloid papers. And it was mostly centered on his horse training part of his life as well. And his daughter, Lucinda Russell, also mentioned that things started really going to another level with that supermarket deal that you've mentioned about Sainsbury's. Now, you know, it maybe wasn't the first, but it was in that sort of May first wave of whiskey going into supermarkets. And I think now the sector is huge. But back then, it would be a novelty to maybe move into a supermarket with with, with with whiskey. Would that be correct?
1: Oh, totally. I mean, I think, you know, if we look at, I mean, it's quite interesting if you look at that side of the business, because obviously when you're producing whiskey for a supermarket, one of the major things that you want to do is obviously produce good whiskey, but you also want price point is very, very important. Um, And to really sort of set that precedent, to really Drive that agenda of of going right. We'll we'll make your whiskey. We'll find the stock. We'll do it at a quality and at a level that's required. Was was and the volume they need as well oh over God. a regular basis was was a big step. And now you look at you look at supermarket whiskies and you see the Liddles of this world and all these types of things. They're really good quality whiskies, and it was pretty much set up by Ian McLeod, wow. which was which was amazing. Ah,
0: uh, really, it was. And of course, we wanted to have great success with is his daughter and the horse side of yes the with one for arthur a grand and national. national
1: winner absolutely incredible um i mean I'm not a big horse racing person but I think what was amazing to see was um you know he's he's involved in horses has been for it for, for it's a passion of the cup of the family you know yes. and uh Lucinda's been hugely successful and uh and uh peter's been absolutely there all the way it's and and you know leonard very interested very interested in horse racing as well and actually if you look at how you know we we we've um sort of acquired glengoyne for example that was at a horse racing meet that they all yeah. went out for for a lunch and uh that was that was when the deal was done so integral again to the russell family and uh, yeah it's been a, it's been a a sad few weeks, but uh, what, what a wonderful, wonderful man! Oh, and
0: 95, fantastic. it's wonderful. And just to put a full stop on that, Gordon, I was sadly wasn't present the day, or if I was, I was maybe doing another tour. The day they brought the Grand National Trophy into oh. the distillery at Glen Goyne, and I had the tour guides, uh, distillery ambassadors, apologies, posing with the National Cup, the Grand National Cup, yeah. And, and for those who, for the
1: and for those who don't know, the Grand National is probably the most famous race in, in the UK, horse race, over very big jumps um, uh, in April, it generally is. But, um, yes, um, you know, Absolutely. probably one of the most important races to win from a public perspe- per- perspective. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, a really and, big win, that.
0: And also, again, my first memory of Mr. Peter was serving him a gin and tonic at the chairman's lunch. They were so proud of the purchase of Glengoyne as uh, you mentioned Gordon that uh, every year in the month of March they would stage a chairman's lunch uh, and, and uh, bring some of the friends including uh, the jockeys and some of the people from the world of whiskey including uh, my first year there, Ian Good of Edrington, I opened uh, the door for him and I was saying uh, have a wee chat with him and he did infer that you know maybe I shouldn't have sold this you know, a distillery because he saw how well it was being run and how uh, popular it's becoming, becoming because it was getting mostly used for blending pre Ian McLeod days and Ian McLeod took Glengoyne and started to make it more of a single malt Mm. so anyway, the chairman's lunch did you ever go? did you ever sample the hospitality?
1: no (laughs) no no, no was, never, never, no no, 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 no. That was good. No, no, no. Never invited.
0: <laughs> it looked uh, great, and um, used to go back via um, the Bacalay Inn.
1: Yeah, for a wee, wee drink um, on the way home. was quite yeah. a long drive. Uh, the old
0: warehouseman Deke,
1: that was his sort of uh, yeah, yeah area um, of uh,
0: <laughs> ownership and expertise. And finally, God, just to say on the end of it, you've mentioned it already, but I think it was just his There is a way of doing business when you can there be is. human and be a gentleman. And have that old school style. You don't need to be Gordon Gecko, Wall Street. You know, sell, sell. You know, standing people to get yeah. who you want to be. And I think, at the bottom line, that's maybe what Mr. Peter Russell and both. I think,
1: I think honesty, trust, integrity are words that you would absolutely align with that. But also, you know, he was a man of his word. He was, he, it was a handshake. You know, handshake. We've got a deal. And uh, that I think is. One of the reasons why Ian McLeod still is thought of in the industry the way it is at the moment. So yeah, yeah. let's raise a glass to so. uh, Wonderful. to Mr. Peter.
0: Mr. Peter, a lovely Isle of Sky.
1: Which Isle of Sky are you drinking?
0: Just the eight-year-old, and I say just, you the, just, just the eight, because we did a tasting, and it, oh. it goes right up some of the ages up to, to thirty years
1: up. old. Yeah, years old. So yeah, I was just and, having uh, a look. Beautiful blend, beautiful blend, and and really a a, a blend that makes you realise that blended whiskey is fabulous. You know, it's one of those eye opener blends. You go, wow, this is good stuff.
0: I was just having a a a, a look at it. It just does do my not much research, Gordon, but um, yep. Jim Murray, like twenty nineteen in the whiskey bible, and I quote a superstar whiskey.
1: Well, I mean, it's a nice quote. Not so not such a fan of Mister Murray, but. uh yeah, I mean, he, yeah, you know, uh, it's a very good, very good, uh, you know, uh, undoubtedly Eyeless Guy, I think, is a, a bit of an iconic blended whiskey. We have a few others. Obviously, we think of Famous Grouse and, and other ones, but Eyeless Guy is slightly more distinctive style. Um, and that full range up to 30 years old makes mm-hmm. it really something that you don't see in blended whiskey is, you know, from an eight-year-old to a 12-year-old to an 18 all the way up to a thirty-year-old. Um, You really have all the options there. Fabulous! That's, that's really nice. Now ask ask
0: me where I'm going in two weeks' time.
1: Where are you going in two weeks' time? Oh, the Isle of
0: Skye! Yeah.
1: Aye.
0: <laughs> hey Gordon, we'll get we'll get to that. So I'll hopefully do some recording. We'll have um, have some some good Isle of Skye chat on the next podcast. But can we at this point in time, lovely tribute to Mr. Peter? Um, look at some of the news, and I think the biggest news of the last week. And we're recording this end of February 2023. Is the figures from the Scottish Whiskey Association are mm. all over the place? Have yeah. you gotten to hands or got a, a rough idea? Could you just explain the headlines of what's been
1: well? I mean, announced? we've sold more whiskey than we've ever done uh, as an industry. Um, I think we've probably sold more single malt now than we've ever done in terms of value. Um, and um, the Scotch whisky industry is in. In, in a relatively good shape, I think.
0: 6.2 billion pounds export.
1: Six, yeah. That's you the mentioned the, the single malt,
0: six, 59% is blends. And single malt of value export, 32%.
1: That's the highest it's ever been. I remember the days when that figure by value was in the 21, 22. So that just shows you, and that's premium age single malt being sold abroad, as well as extra volumes in new markets. So, It's a a really good position. And, um, you know, the world's in a tough place as well. But there's markets really holding up from our perspective. Australia is doing very well. America, of course. um, And Europe continues to deliver. Um, But, you know, then you think of the other things like India, totally untapped. That's exactly. China, China not totally.
0: The big headlines is France has been replaced. As the biggest by volume consumer of Scotch whiskey, it's now India,
1: mm. and that's not with a. You know, I'm not a fan of Brexit, but that's without a trade deal. Uh, if we get a trade deal, the the huge population in India will will suck up quite a lot of Scotch whiskey. And and if we're honest, at the moment, Scotch whiskey is tight uh, in terms of a lot of volume. There's not a lot of volume kicking around the, glossing yeah. around the system. Should we put it that way? Um, because and, just Well, a lot of different reasons. The price of that whiskey that is traded between companies and traded between people is higher than it's ever been. Um, the lack of casks for independent bottlers is a real issue uh, for them. Um, and a lot of people hanging on to whiskey. Um, we also saw, for example, and these are the sort of pressures that we're under. We also saw Diageo are stopping peated malt production. From Port Ellen for other distilleries, which is a big oh yeah issue as well. So <laughs> you know it, it it's there's this little bit of um little bit of friction. Let's put it that way in the system, which will probably will change. But um yeah, I mean yeah, there's just there's just you know it's just the sort of where we're at at the moment.
0: You didn't know this is happening, Gordon. But forty four bottles a second were sold previously to these figures in Scotch oh. whiskey which is an amazing number. You've got um, £6.2 billion in revenue. Um, It's now up to 53 bottles per second Mm -hmm. are sold of Scotch whisky. My question to you is, would you like to take part in the 53 whisky bottle selling quiz?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'd love to, yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Gordon Dundas, this is to celebrate the fact that we're now selling 53 bottles of Scotch Every second is leaving this country. I'll try and put some special effects, some music on this, please. (music) Uh, uh, we We need a good score here. Gordon, 53 was the racing number of which fictional Volkswagen Beetle? Herbie. Are you a big fan of Herbie?
1: Um... Could you name no, a movie? But it's, the only, it's the only racing Volkswagen Beetle I know. You're
0: right, you're correct. Do you remember that seminal classic, Herbie Goes Bananas? Um, okay, this is a bit more tricky. It's a music question. 53 and 3rd was a song by an influential American punk band who started in 1974. They all decided to have their surnames as the same name of the band. Joey, Johnny, Dee, Dee and Tommy. One word, beginning with the letter R. The...
1: Ramones. Well
0: done. 53 in a third. Do you know the song?
1: No, I don't, but I do know the Ramones.
0: You're doing well. Two out of two in the 53 quiz. Um, plus 53. 53 bottles a second, but plus 53 is an international dialing code oh, no. of Cuba or Alaska.
1: it has gotta be Cuba.
0: What makes you say that?
1: Well, Alaska's part of the US.
0: Yeah, I made it too easy for him. I made it too plus easy for one, him.
1: so... Is it not? Yeah, you are absolutely correct. He's 100%.
0: Um, 53, Gordon, can only be divided by one or itself. What kind of number do you call that?
1: Prime number.
0: Nothing to do with Amazon, but you're absolutely 100% correct. And the last question, <laughs> on 100% of uh, success rates. I typed in on the Whiskey Exchange website, mm-hmm. 53-year-old whiskey, and I only got two hits. So can you name the distilleries that these 53-year-olds came from? And the first one,
2: mm-hmm. here's the
0: quote from the website. Nestled in the rolling Highland Hills is the stunning, beep, distillery. The home of shivus Originally established in seventeen eighty six, it's the oldest working distillery in the Scottish Highlands. Beep. Single malt flows through every bottle of Chevis Regal. It's a signature smooth oh, flavour. Nice.
1: Um so now you're you, you you it will be it could be Strathyla Stop that there. What was your other one? Well, I'm just thinking of the other ones, but Strathila no, was the first one. strathyla is
0: absolutely 100%. Gordon, quick, what, Strathila? We're talking whiskey.
1: I've never been. I don't know much about it. Um, I've never been to strathyla but... um, uh, No, I'd, I'd love to go. Well, I've never been, but no, I know it's like a big workhorse for Chivas, Um, and uh, they have a few others, because I think they did... Uh, recently, they did a sort of Deconstruction of one of their blends, which included releases from one or two other distilleries that I'm trying to frantically remember. I know, um, but uh, Island, yeah.
0: Uh, you're in between meetings at the moment, Gordon. I'm throwing these questions at you, so as well. Then this is for 100 success. And the other one on the whiskey Exchange website, a 53 year old. That's the two hits uh-huh. I got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this other one, this it's a side manager, Callum A Fraser. They've just released
1: Glenn a Glenn Farkless.
0: Oh, can I just say the exciting new launch comes days after being named Scottish Distiller of the Year 2023 at the Whiskey Magazine Icons of Whiskey Dinner, the oldest family-owned distillery in Speyside. That was I was going to mention with John Grant's, you know, first start yep. in the industry. No, I know oh,
1: Callum, that's what that's what gave it away. But I think also just to say, um, there's another distillery that has released a 53-year-old whiskey. Um and um, do you know which one that is?
0: Well, I think you're referring to tam du.
1: I'm not referring to Tam-Doo. Ah. Glengoyne. Glengoyne has released a 53-year-old whiskey about a year or a bit ago in travel retail. Our oldest ever Glengoyne was 53. Of
0: course it was. Of course. So, um,
1: yeah, travel there retail. you go. So, so uh, yeah, a travel retail whiskey. That's Glengoyne's oldest ever whiskey, 53, like 53 bottles a second
0: that is exactly the 53 quiz Gordon you have done it Fabulous. very well Well done. thank you very much for that 50 very well, that's good, some, very some, good. Anyway, um, listen I blew the budget on well, whiskey and I got ourselves an answering machine so I put it around uh, I put it around the um around the neighborhood around oh. yeah. the hood to see if anybody wanted to leave a message uh-huh. on the answering machine <laughs> so let's see who has left her message
2: Today. Hey, the two G's, Gordon and Gordon, I hope you're well, Trips. This is um, the third G, I guess that makes it 3G. Um, this is George. Hope you're well, guys. Obviously, dropping you a wee note with my Spirit of side Whiskey Festival chairmanship hat on. Um, and I just thought I'd bring you up to speed with what has been a very successful launch so far with this year's, the 2023 Spirit of Speyside Whiskey Festival, which kicks off on Wednesday the 26th of April this year up in the glorious Speyside. Um So how do we measure success? Well, to tell you that we've got almost 5,000 tickets sold so far, which is covering over 400 events. Um, and as we measure that, you know, on, on day one when we launched, we had a record-breaking £200,000 of sales. Now, when you think of last year, Total sales I think was circa one hundred seventy, one hundred eighty thousand. 180000 to actually do 200,000 um, in the first day this year and at the moment as we speak I know we are in um, in excess of 250,000 so it looks like this year is going to be one of the most successful um, events that we've had which is great. Um, as ever we're going to be welcoming guests from as far afield as Australia and Singapore um, and what are these guests going to experience? Well, listen, some of them will experience exclusive distillery tours at the likes of Speyburn, one of our new members and um, partners. Speyburn, the Craigellachie, and the Tamdu, which are all normally closed to the public, so it's great that uh, these are some of the events that sell out very quickly because it's, um, it's distilleries that the public don't normally get to see. Uh, there's also tastings, including some of the rarest Abuna batches at the Aberlour Distillery. Um, and of course this year we're seeing the launch of the new Strath 16 year old cognac finish Which is wonderful, but yeah, listen, you've also got the The normal dinners, the Cayleys, the cocktails, the outdoor pursuits All whisky related of course, the DNA is always going to be whisky There's always going to be something for everybody Whether it's um, people that are new to the world of whisky There'll be ways to introduce their palate to the wonderful flavours um, And right up to the most experienced enthusiasts So... Listen, I hope to see you both very soon. I hope we get to cross paths over the event, which I'm sure we will. Um, and thanks for the support, lads. All the best.
1: Was um, So was Joanna Lumley not available to leave a message?
0: <laughs> Something about stalking and never yeah, call yeah. me again. I, I don't understand what that was about. But yeah. uh, okay. thankfully, George McNeil, uh, good old George. Yes. Can yes. I just go through some of those numbers he said there? They've sold... Over five thousand tickets for four hundred events. And t- can you believe Gordon? Two hundred grand, two hundred thousand pounds worth of sales in day one. Yeah. And he said they only managed about 170 in the whole festival last year. Yeah. So great. Just a, I just saw a lovely discussion about the Space Eye Festival. You're right in the middle of it. It have been for many years, but what a, what an event. The biggest in the world, really, isn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah i think it is i think yeah i mean it, look what what's great about it is you know you get to do things that you don't normally get to do at distilleries so you know for example you get to tour around tamdu you get to you know, you know do those sort of experiences which are so unique so yeah no brilliant um it's great to see the ticket sales are up i think last year was just a little bit too close to sort of people were still a bit yeah, close to covid um, but uh, and 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 I think it was noticeable in terms of seeing people at multiple events which is great but I think to see the the, the figures this year I mean we did a we're doing an event at Tamdu called um, it's basically taking what you get at Glengoyne, the malt master we're, we're talking about how we mix our mix and blend our sherry casks at Tamdu that's sold out in I think about an hour 30 tickets oh, so gotcha. fabulous.
0: Ooh. We mentioned at the start of the show, Hansa Spirits in Hamburg.
1: Yes, virtually yes. the
0: first people to the to the counter to have a, a small dram. Yeah, will be tickets to the Tamdu yep. malt master.
1: <laughs> Fabulous, <laughs> absolutely. No, and it just great. shows you how when you come up with something a little bit different, people love it. And um I think Tamdu is really, um, you know, because you can't go round it even just to get a tour around a distillery that's not open to the public. It's a little bit warts and all. You, you, you know that you. You've got yeah. the sort of guacamole mill room and the um <laughs> <laughs> and that's the it. the the yellow tun room with its tiles, and you're like, this is you know, it, but but that's people love to see that, and the whiskey that comes out of it is fabulous. So totally I offended. love the spirit of Side Whiskey Festival. It's a little bit of a marathon. By the end of it on the so- Saturday night, you are, oh, yes, tired,
0: and if you but... go back last year, you'll get our interview from the Highlander Inn. And we yes. met up with Douglas Cook and did an interview with, before his fish and chips arrived, he'd been doing some tastings,
1: yes, I think, all day,
0: right. because right. um, his colleague, whose name just escapes me now was had caught COVID. He was fine. Yep. And uh, so he was doing it, and we said, before the fish and chips arrived, anyway, we've got... Stuart,
1: Stuart Buchanan, yeah. Stuart Buchanan, that's right. Yep. Um, so,
0: with, with, a, with a, a nice uh, drink in the Highlander, and then over to yep. the Copper Dog. So, that Podcast is available if you go back to last.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Space, I and couldn't... we'll be there this year doing live content. Um, I'll, uh, I might drop. Um, I'll see if we've got. Uh, let's do some interesting content, maybe from the Cooperage, one or two other things. Yes. Um. Yes. I'll uh, throw Gordon in the spay. That's hugely that's, funny.
0: That's great. That's really nice. I think that was wonderful sort of uh, content there. And of course, I think um, George mentioned that Isla We've mentioned already in the fifty-three quiz. Hmm. Are opening their doors for the first time.
1: Yeah, I mean it's you great. Know. So if you've never been, come, and I will say, I love the spirit of Spaceside Whis- whiskey festival, but I also love Facial. Uh and if you like your peated whiskies, um, you know, going to Isla, the home of peated whiskies, really fabulous, fabulous place to go to. Um, and in a couple of years, you might be able to see <laughs> Ian McLeod there with our new distillery, Lagan Bay, uh, wow. which obviously is coming on the pipe as well. So, yeah, exciting times.
0: Very exciting time. Gordon, we're almost near the end, but we've got one more. That uh, light's flashing red, which means there's one more message. Let's oh, see who this oh. is from.
3: Gordon and Gordon, Jason here from Rosebank Story. I had a funny feeling I would be forwarded to your voicemails. Um, I suppose that's what happens when you reach global celebrity status. Anyway, I just wanted to give you both an update uh, or a much anticipated update on where we are at Rosebank and what we've been up to. Um, so in March last year, I joined our Rosebank distilling manager, Malcolm Rennie. Uh, Malcolm has been in charge of starting numerous uh new distilleries. Um, he started from the bottom and served in every role uh, that you can really. Um, so his knowledge is vast and it's been really great absorbing some of that information and assisting him with everything at Rosebank. So over the last year it's been kind of non-stop planning and preparation. Um, we've put together a, a great production team, uh, the creme de la creme of uh, distillery operators. Uh, we've been Keeping our eyes open uh, and eagerly watching all the distillery equipment going in and being installed. And we've been uh, getting to watch the, the fantastic uh, still house itself being built. Um, we have also been developing our top secret so recipe on paper. And once we start, uh, we'll, we can obviously do some little a little fine tuning with that. The full team are hopeful that we can produce a spirit that's worthy of the Rosebank name. What about timeline, I hear you ask. Well, um, our basics of the mash tun, stills, worm tubs, and everything else that goes along with that um, is in. And uh, the whole installation process is about 95% complete at the moment. Uh, our new still house and conversion of one of the warehouses is almost complete too. Once we move in, we'll have four weeks of commissioning um, at the distillery. and That will allow us to do safety tests water tests etc and then we'll be taking our time and uh, listening to malcolm on f- getting that spirit right um, so it's exciting times ahead so watch the space so when can you visit i hear you ask well our uh, amazing at visitor experience and i can tell you i've seen i've seen what uh, what's going on and it's truly incredible a wee bit more further behind than the actual still house itself so we've still got some car parking facilities to construct so that'll be a bit later in 2023 but this year is definitely going to be the year for those bank getting behind the scenes access working with malcolm watching this abandoned distillery rise from ashes has already been uh, an amazing experience there is no this is no um, ordinary still house or visitor centre. This is a, a monument, uh, an architectural cathedral uh, that the Rosebank name and folk definitely deserves. So, yeah, it's been an amazing experience already. But I literally cannot wait uh, to get Rosebank up and running and let the let the world see what we have built and achieved. Um, it's a real testament team, including Stillers and how we really have a. Passion for our actual distilleries, anyways. Uh, I'm gonna go because I'm gonna get cut off because message mission's too long. But uh, I hope you're both well and I look forward to showing you all around and uh, look forward to seeing you very, very soon. Cheers, bye bye.
0: Well, you can't keep a good man down. That's Jason McCabe, of course. Um, course. wonderful, you know, great uh, update there from Rosebank. He's, he's, oh. you can just tell by his voice, he's so passionate and so excited 95% of the equipment's in
1: it's just there's a few last minute things that just taking a bit of time but uh yeah no can't wait for that to be open and you'll be hearing more news as we go through the year on when that'll be open to the public but fabulous really really it's gonna
0: be very exciting that cathedral of whiskey he called it it's gonna be
1: oh it's beautiful uh, absolutely gorgeous
0: one of the big stories Uh in scotch whiskey I mean, oh, I'm totally, to totally here. and so that's yeah. Really, really
1: um, worldwide. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of distilleries open in Scotch, but you don't really get to see, um, you know, ones like Rosebank coming back, you know, the phoenix from the flame, the king of the lowlands, as people have called it. Um, Very exciting news, and we just can't wait. We all can't wait to get in it and get in amongst it, but we've just got a few things to get through.
0: Triple distilled in warm tubs. I mean, really.
1: Why? Why would you? Why would you?
0: and lovely bourbon barrels, but we'll get into that. But that's a lovely update there. Um, Gordon, I think our time is our time is drawing to a close.
1: It is. No, it's great. Look, we're we we we're, we're a little bit conscious that we haven't done something. We wanted to get back in, on the horse. We'll try and be a bit more regular. It's just a bit difficult with how busy we are, but um, all good. And um, we will um, come back with some more news and some more features in the next And some more interviews as well.
0: Yes, I'm going to Stockholm next week, so we'll be doing something from the Baltic. I'll be on the Baltic, literally. You will be on
1: the, I know the, so you're going to the Cinderella Whiskey Cruise. The Cinderella Whiskey Cruise, for those who've never heard about the Cinderella Whiskey Cruise, is, well, it's a unique experience. It's uh, four days, three and a half days on a ferry uh, with a whiskey show and masterclasses, and you never get off the ferry for three and a half days? Nope. Uh, and uh, it's long and tiring, but it's good. And um, so you'll be there, um, talking all the all the uh, the whiskey. I've uh, got quite a lot going on here, which is great at the moment, and um, looking at what we'll be doing in terms of the US market and things like that. So, yeah, busy, busy, yes. but. Good to, good to catch up and do a little uh, podcast. Well, and a great
0: podcast. Well done in the 53 quiz. That was uh, absolutely stunning. And we'll have more people on the answer machine. I think that's, that's money well spent on that answer machine.
1: Fantastic. So,
0: yeah, yeah. raise my yeah. Isla Sky Whiskey. And again, remember, Mr. Peter and Say Mr. Langevin. Peter
1: Russell, stand you oh.
0: On the Whiskey Trail, hosting oh, the head. From the whiskey trail